Lord of God, with prayer. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the time this morning that you have given us for the word. Lord, we thank you for the communion that will be forthcoming and the forgiveness of our sins. And Lord, we thank you for just allowing us to lift each other up, whether we're suffering because of hurt or harm or doctors or just grief in general. But Lord, we lift up families who are grieving of loss and sadness to death. But they too will be comforted by everything that will go on. So I ask you Lord, that you move me behind the cross, that the words of my mouth may be a meditation into your heart. Lord, I ask that the freedom that is being released, that you would press forward so that it would reach each and every one of our hearts, that we would know that your love is enough, that we would serve you with good heart and go forth in your precious Son, Jesus' name. Amen. This morning is the beginning of the five Sundays, as I explained, that are part of the Lenten season. And just to kind of give you an, uh, uh, a capsule of where we are each year, we are in the uh, lectionary. And we, I preach lectionary series, and I preach from the lectionary, and we're actually in year B. What the lectionary allows us to do is to go through the gospel messages and most of the key stories in the Bible in a three-year period. In year A, the gospel that was focused on was the book of Matthew. In year B, which we're in now, it is a dual focus. The majority will come from Mark, but some will come from John. If we're blessed and we move into year C, which is actually the year... Uh, actually, when I started, we were in the second half of year C. I will begin the beginning half of year C as we move into the tail end of this calendar year, and that will focus on the book of Luke. So the scripture this day and all the scriptures throughout the Lenten season, the focus will come from either the book of Mark or the book of John. And I ask that you uh, travel with me during this time because as I discovered in some of my Lenten studies, Sundays are like miniature Easter. And if we all know what we're looking for, we all know what the grace of God is about, we all know how great God's love is. It's nothing like having a miniature Easter every week along the way. Amen? Yes, we know the journey to the cross was a challenging one. It went from high praise at one point to the lowest of low points during the Passion where Jesus was beat for our sins and transgressions. And sometimes it's very challenging because we look around and we say, God is a good God. I also say, thank you, God, for diligence. I didn't release the ushers and they're standing waiting to be released. <laughs> it's not that I have you in captivity, but thank you for your diligence. You may be seated. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Mine kept trying to give him a signal. I appreciate it. You know, sometimes you got to be like the airlines. Hold it up. Let it down. Come on, sister. Release us in the name of Jesus. Amen. And she was good, but I said, go ahead. I'm like, okay, that's what that signal was. Thank you. Peace be with you. Amen. But the interesting thing, like I said, about these Sundays, these miniature Sundays, they all have a theme and they all have a focus, and I will look at how that will come into the whole time period that we will celebrate during our miniature Easter's every Sunday going through the Lent time period. Amen? The sermon title this morning is simply, Believe God. 
If it had to have a subtitle, or an addition to that, it simply is, when God speaks, believe God. You will see on the bulletin that it gives all the passages this morning, and I will actually do a combination of preaching. I won't read all the passages, but I want to highlight some things so you can see how the four lectionary passages tie together to help us understand the key thing this week is that we turn away from evil. Because the reality is Jesus was taken into the wilderness. Brought into the wilderness in the book of Mark by the Spirit. In that wilderness journey, he was tempted for 40 days. Tempted. You say the, the God of all gods, the master of all masters, the top of the line can't get no higher than that, was taken somewhere to be tempted. But thanks be to God that he alone was able to resist the temptation. But it was the angels that ministered unto him. So this is the context of which this is all surrounding. But I want to give you the background. Can you say background? Every scripture has a background. Every story has a history. And the Bible weaves its way in many different ways to connect us to a journey that we're on. If you look at the Genesis 9, 8 through 17 passage, that represents the Old Testament reading. And it talks about how important that there was a covenant that was made. So the big thing that we're looking at first and foremost is when God speaks and we believe God, He sends forth a promise. He sends forth a promise through a covenant. So you see, Jesus, the Christ, is and was and always will be an amazing story of life unto us. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit represent the Trinity. God the Father sent God the Son to earth through a woman that she would manifest in the promises or satisfy the promises that were in the Old Testament to make sure humanity that was born of sin would be set free. So the fact that he came and lived among us and then went to the cross, his journey to the cross is much different than our journey to the cross. However, his journey allowed our journey to be a journey of freedom. For you see, the covenant that was made in Genesis 9, 8 through 17 was about flood waters. All of us experienced the flood this past year. But the flood did not destroy the whole earth. Now, if we were talking to others who may have lost everything or had not yet returned to their home, or maybe they were part of a tsunami, they might challenge us and say, now look ahead. The covenant was not to destroy the whole earth ever again. But this flood hooked up on me pretty doggone good. I'm not sure whether he's following the covenant, but I'm here to tell you that the covenant was made with God Almighty. But he not only said that the flood waters would never yield again to destroy the earth, but that he committed. He sealed the covenant in hope. 
So the first part of when God speaks and we believe in God and He gives us the covenant, we have to first be willing to say there's hope that lies in God. Can you say hope lies in God? When God speaks, believe God, for hope lies in God. So if you look at that Genesis passage, the whole nature of it is to remind us, as the Word says in verse 17, God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant I have established between you and me and all flesh that is on earth. Though we didn't live at that moment, this is our time, this is our season, this is now the day, and the covenant is now extended unto us through the blood of Jesus Christ, that we would not be destroyed by flesh. The hope lies in God. The hope lies because God has spoken. Believe in God. The psalmist talks about, because we move from the Old Testament reading to the psalmist reading, and the psalm basically is a petition from God to remember not who we are, but who God is. It's not about, you know, you see all those commercials and say, it's not about you. It's not about this. It is about remembering who God is and who that God is statement for comes to the reminder that the steadfast love of Jesus Christ is enough. It says in verse 6 and 7, Be mindful of your mercy, O Lord, and of your steadfast love, for they have been from of old. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my transgressions, According to your steadfast love, remember me for your goodness sake, O Lord. There's also a passage that says, when I was young, I spoke as a child. But now that I've grown old, I put away my childish things. God expects us to have a Christ-like, child-like spirit, but He expects us to mature in His grace. And in that maturity, in that change, in that awareness, He says to us, I have given you my hope. And it's good to know that He doesn't remember all that is past. It's good to know that He says, I forgive you of your transgressions. It's good to know He doesn't remember from day to day because we have an opportunity day in and day out, hour in and hour, to go to the God that we love and serve. And say, it's about your character, Lord. It's about the great opportunity that you give us love. Not just any kind of love. Not just a love that says, ooh, 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 I love you. But I'm dying love. And I'm yielding love. A love that is born through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. A love that is so great that if you really, really, really think about it, it's hard to imagine he loves us just that much. Connect to the divine law. Because that's where the hope is. For when God speaks, this ain't me that's something. This ain't about worldly stuff. This is about God saying, You, who was born of a woman, honor 
with the original sin, you are mine. I've asked you to come home through baptism. Through the grace, means of grace, through communion. To forgive you and to love you and nurture you and to be calling upon you for you to do my will. That's good news. Because he could have done something different. But he gives us his undying love through the love of Jesus Christ that humanity might be saved, that no one would be left apart. That includes your cousin, your uncle, your mama, your daddy, your sister, the one who comes to the reunion and you just can't figure out why they come. All the people, the people on the corner, the people around the corner, the people at your school, the people at your house, all the people. We are them. We're included in that hope. That's good news. So the first is the covenant comes through hope. The second, the hope comes through the love of Jesus Christ. Then when we look at 1 Peter 3, 18-22, it talks about baptism. Well, you see, baptism is a good thing. It's an awesome thing. It's an exciting thing. It is an experience that brings us into the family of Christians. It's the thing that offers us evil. It's the thing that makes the difference. It is the covenant act that allows the means of grace to come and say, that original sin that you were born with, I, the Lord Jesus Christ, make you anew. That's good news. And some people might even say, why do that with a baby? A baby has never even spoke a word. A baby has not sinned. But a baby comes with what we have. And we as humanity come birth with sin. None of us, there's not a class out here that teaches us how to lie. There's not a class out here that teaches us how to hurt one another. There's not a class out here that calls us into battle with each other. But the humanity, the original sin out of the book of Genesis, reminds us that we were in Eden. But by disobedience, God kicked out. And when we got to the New Testament, thanks be to God. He extended us grace, mercy, love, and love that can renew and restore all life. Tell somebody that the hope is in Jesus Christ. So when you look at Genesis, you see that the hope lies in God through the covenant. When you look at the psalm, the hope lies in God because of his love. And when you look at Peter, the hope lies in God because of his saving grace. That's good news. That's real good news. Because the covenant of baptism offers us not only just life, but life abundance. That means on the good days you can love. On the bad days you can love. When it's a so-so day you can love. All days can be great because of the love of Jesus Christ. It talks about Paul when he says in Philippians 4, I can be content, I can be content with or without. For you see, you get to the point where you know the steadfast.
steadfast love of Jesus Christ. We're supposed to save you and teach you because his love endures forever. But the baptism is a constant reminder of his grace. It's a whisper that says, you know, I love you. Yeah, I love you. You ain't covenant with me, and I'm in covenant with you. Oh, hallelujah. That's a cry, place. That's a cry. You can just go in and say, hey, God, he said, yeah, girl, I love you. Hey, God, hey, dude, I love you. Hey, son, I love you. Hey, daughter, I love you. Hey, mama, I love you. Hey, sister, I love you. However, he calls your name, you said he doesn't come. Yes. That's the news. Unconditional love by the grace of Jesus Christ. That passage also reminds us that Christ died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. For you see, the hope is through the salvation of Jesus Christ. Genesis gives us the covenant. The psalm tells us about the character and the steadfast law. And Peter tells us about the baptism. All this is bringing into the picture the importance of the water and the spirit, and the humanity, and the hope, and the grace, and the nurturance, because by the time you get to the gospel, it's good to know that your journey by faith is a journey by faith and not by sight. So you see, the commentary writers talk a lot about it this passage, being the reminder that we are journeying through the Lenten season, through a journey of faith. For those that don't have it, they're invited to get it. For those that have it, are invited to mature in it. And those who are mature in it are constantly inviting it. Share your faith with us. It all come out your mouth just like you couldn't hold it back. I mean, in the book, you say, do you know Jesus? Yeah, let me tell you about Jesus Christ. Oh, let me tell you what he's done for me. Oh, how great God is. It ought to show in your continent. Oh, yeah, even when the traffic is better. <laughs> and you done hit two snags on the way to Beaumont, and they ain't never had the road tore off like that. Yeah. And you just say, now look ahead, look ahead. I jumped off of one street on my way to, you know, Beaumont, and I tore a road someplace with Miss Kelly with the Vida. It's always a good time to travel. I traveled two times this week with Miss Kelly. We went to Vida, and I told her, I said, it's good to be with a Vidalette. And she says, no, I'm not a Vidalette. I'm a Vidalorean. I said, amen. But the thing was, when I was trying with the Vidalorean the day before, traffic was tore up. But when I got with the Vidalorean, the path was made clear. I said, go ahead, go ahead. You got to travel with the right people sometimes for the Lord to just make the way clear. So it's not only that the hope is in Jesus Christ. But it said, when he speaks, we ought to believe. Jesus went into the wilderness. And he experienced temptation. Any of y'all ever experienced temptation? Do you give up one thing for Lent? You see it everywhere you go. Oh, yes. I should have never said I was giving up cake. <laughs> Every event that I don't say that not only the good cake, but the good of five, six different kinds of cake. <laughs> All 
you to come to the table, I need to just all over the place. That's right. <laughs> sing a good praise song, but I can pray to God and say, now, Lord, you kept Jesus, will you keep me? Because we have to celebrate God through hope. We have to celebrate God through the trials and tribulations. We have to celebrate God through the temptation. We have to celebrate God through the storms and the joys and the valleys because we will emerge victorious just as Jesus Christ did. Have you ever seen a rainbow? How did we get to a rainbow? It's got to rain. There's got to be some There's got to be some action. But the rainbow, when you see it, it's like the angels in heaven are just shouting for joy. For you see, the rainbow allows us to hold on to God's unchanging head. But the rainbow allows us to see God's steadfast love. And the rainbow allows us to know that that love endures forever. But you see, the rainbows come after the storm. If we got a rainbow for the storm, we may not pay attention to the stormy weather. We may not experience everything and learn the lessons that God wants us to know. But when you get that rainbow, and you know you're on the other side of the storm, you have learned to trust God. You have learned to hear God. You have learned to believe in God. You have learned to receive His love. You have allowed yourself to walk the way God wants you to walk. So I encourage you, I sat by here this morning. In this Lenten season, journey to the cross is 40 days. But every Sunday is an Easter Sunday. Shout through the joy. Shout through the child. Shout through the tribulation. Because these 40 days give us a redemptive love that only Jesus Christ can give us. None of us want to see the floodwaters rise like they rose for Noah. But Noah stood steadfast. He went on building the ship. People were laughing at him. But when the water started coming, and he started to raise up the plank. Everybody on board. All animal present. All children catching dogs here. Everybody present and accounted for. People were knocking on the off. Let me in because the water is coming. Let me in because it's getting too deep. Noah just said, I believe in God. You believe in man. Do you believe God can heal? Do you believe he can save? Do you believe he can forgive? Today is the day that you can start the new beginning. Because this is an Easter Sunday. God forgave, God renewed, God has restored, and God has made us anew. Today is a new day. If we ever get to this Sunday one more time yet again, this day will be on another day. But God has done a mighty thing this day. He has brought us out of the wilderness. He has taken us up 69. He has made our homes anew. He has slept. The prophet said, I am the most high God. There won't be a storm. There won't be a wilderness that allows you not to see Jesus Christ. Journey to the cross. But no, this is just the beginning. For his love, his steadfast love, endures forever. Will you stand and sing 521?
I want Jesus to walk with me. If you don't know the